This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the brand spanking new edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, we come to you courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We have reached week six. We are starting to see a significant sample size. And we are ready to make some determinations about NFL haves and have nots. I am Jason Lockenfora. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Lockenfora. And the guy you're really here to listen to and to get educated by is my friend Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And Baldy, you 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 have some pretty strong opinions on some teams that are living right. Yeah. Right now, and 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 getting it done, like the Packers, like the Ravens, like the Bills, like the Chargers, you're buying all them. And there's some teams uh, that are struggling: Dolphins, Raiders, Lions, and Seahawks. It's People the t- usual, Jason. Yeah, it, it's, the, it's the usual to have and have nots. And you know, I mean, we've gotten past the point now that if you've got certain weaknesses on your football team, it's almost too late to address them. Like I, I it's hard for some of these teams to, to really turn it around. And so, because you just see the consistent um, problems, you know, week in week out. And, and so it's just, you know, when you get to middle of October here, like we're approaching and, you know, you're, you're sitting there at one and four, Oh, and five, like, and yeah. you're going, man, the, the, the division just passed us by. Like it's, it's over, you know. I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's really hard. Like you need a win in the worst way. And some there's a lot of desperate teams going into week six right now. No doubt about it. And 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 no team is is reeling in a in sort of from an emotional and a personal standpoint the way the Raiders are. And and we will start with uh, them in our have nots category. Obviously, this has been an, an unprecedented week in NFL history with the revelation of John Gruden's emails through two stories, one in the Wall Street Journal on Friday of last week, one in the uh, New York Times on that came out Monday night that led to the um, somewhat immediate resignation of John Gruden. The emails, as most know by now, um, contained uh, some racist imagery and tropes. It contained some um, homophobic slurs. Uh, it... it it's from 10 years ago. John Gruden was not in the league at that time. Um, he was corresponding with Bruce Allen, who was the president of the, the then Washington Redskins. Uh, and ultimately, Baldy, it, it's created a climate where now these these coaches and these players have to kind of pick up the pieces and figure yeah. this out. But but as you know, they didn't just fire the head coach. I mean, they everything in that building, everything that's gone on from the transition to Oakland to Vegas from a football standpoint was handpicked by John Gruden. Those players, the general manager, everybody under the general manager, a lot of the staff goes go back a generation with him. Done. The, the president stepped down before the start of the season. And the and the replaced. comptroller and the CFO. Yeah, so they've got a whole on that side of the business. I mean, no. John, John just had total – like, well, Gruden can handle – you know, we, we got a guy that can handle all this stuff. Not anymore. You know, well, not anymore. And, and look, I mean, if you're Derek Carr, if you're Darren Waller, if you're, you know, Max Crosby, whatever, 
like, you know, you're going to Denver this week and Richard Bisaccia, who, you know, is a quality guy. Yes. I think he can, you know, keep, I think he, I've been on a team that fired their head coach, not for these reasons, but I've been on a team. We have the interim coach step in. It's an important hire because that guy now has to go in, in front of the room and say, you know, all right, we, we've got to, we've got to get past this, you know, and, and that's not easy to do because every single report, every question is going to be about yep. that. Yep. Uh, and we got to focus on Denver. I think Richard Bisaccia, you know, I know he's a special teams coach, but he's, you know, I know Richard a long time. He's a quality guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when he speaks, I think he gets respect, which is important. Um, you know, Greg Olson is the, you know, is the new offense coordinator, but he's been an offense coordinator this yep. league. He's been in the league 21 years, 22 years. He's been around. He's called plays. He's worked one-one with quarterbacks. Derek Carr has been involved with all the game playing. So I think there'll be some, some assembly of ability just to like put a game plan together, practice yes. schedule, you know, get on the road, go face a division opponent in Denver this week. All that I think. All that could take place. But in the back of everybody's minds, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Where do we go now? Right. And we're talking about an offense that even before all this broke on Friday was was reeling to begin with, Jason. Yes. I mean, they were horrible against the Chargers. Can't run you know? the ball. Lick. They were bad against the Dolphins for most of the game. And then last week, you know, they couldn't score against Chicago. And so – and Chicago wasn't like trying to do anything offensively. I mean, they're no. playing about as conservatively as you can play, but they're down, you know, 14 nothing and they're out of the game. And so, you know, the problems that the Raiders have to deal with right now are a lot of the same, you know, from a football standpoint, are problems that they've been dealing, having to deal with that they don't seem to really have any answers for. Well, and, and Baldy, I think the other side of this from sort of, I don't want to go too Ziggy Freud here, but from the, the psych, psychological side of it, like he he kind of was their identity. Like it's Chucky, yeah. it's Gruden. Yeah. He gives you a look. It, you know what I mean? It means yeah. something. He relates to guys on a different kind of level. He has all his little kind of crazy nicknames and he messes with guys' heads a little bit. Like that sort of was the program. Like Derek yeah. Carr, I mean – He's a nice quarterback, but like nobody's going to war for Derek. Like you're kind of going to war for him. Like that's what they were selling. Like we're part of this bigger thing, and and he's a link to their past, right? And I was here the last time we were really good, and that's all out the window. Well, I mean, even if you look at you know the way that they have kind of drafted, I mean, was Henry Ruggs the best receiver in that draft? No, but he was the no. fastest. Yep. And it's like you know, it's like the Raider mentality: we need speed. You know, like, oh, this is this is Cliff Branch. You right. know, this is a modern-day Cliff Branch right here. This will, <clears throat> Even the way they drafted was kind of Al Davis-like, you know, and, and tradi- Raider tradition-like. And uh, and you're right. Like, there is a psychological component. Like, he was the pulse of the team. And the emotion of John, which, you know, he wore, you know, very clearly on his sleeve. So, you know, and they're going to a Denver team that was just – to me, and just watching me in Pittsburgh last week, they got embarrassed. Yes. I mean, defensively, you know, Ben looked like Ben from circa mm-hmm. five years ago. They ran past him with Chase Claypool. They ran past him with Deontay Johnson. 
they ran the ball right down their throats with Najee Harris. Like Denver has got a like, you know, they're going to get the Raiders this week. And if if you were looking for a bounce back game, that's what Denver's looking to do. And I'm sure that's what Vic Fangio will feed on. And if they're going to stay in the race in the, you know, in the AFC West, you know, they one of these two teams needs a victory right oh, now because yeah. the Chargers aren't going to fall apart. Nope. No, we will get to the Chargers in a minute. Well, let's let's deal with the dregs first before we get to uh, the, the guys <laughs> in the penthouse right now. And we'll stay out west because um, this was some other significant news that's that's come out. Um, Russell Wilson is going to miss an extended period of time. Still not completely determined, but yeah. it, it's it, it could be two months with the finger injury that he suffered. Um, he had immediate surgery on it. They had to do two different procedures. It's a big deal, Baldy. Yeah. And this team was reeling even with this Hall of Famer at QB. And I love what Geno Smith did, shot out of a cannon, having to come in for a guy who, let's face it, you don't think you're going to have to replace because Russell Wilson had never missed a snap prior to this injury. But now you're looking at the specter of not a good offensive line, erratic running game, um, you've now put a back career backup in as your starter at quarterback and your defense is flat out awful and you're playing in maybe the best division in football or one of them. I, I, I just don't see a scenario where this doesn't spiral out of out of control. And by the time Russell Wilson can play again, their season's effectively over, Baldy. What do you think? Well, I, I don't disagree with it. I mean, first of all, let's just say let's just shorten the timeline, say Russell Wilson because he's Russell Wilson and he seems to have some kind of magic to him, although I know it's hard work and, and, and all that right. preparation. But like, let's just say, okay, six weeks he can play at a, at a high level, which is very, very questionable. Yes. Can he grip it? Can he throw it? Right. Can he grip it and rip it? The, do all this stuff. So let's just say six weeks. Well, six weeks, you know, is going to get you to the beginning of December. And if you're not at least 500, which seems dubious at this point. Yeah. Like you, you're not going to be in that race. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough because defensively, you know, I mean, I, I, I just can't see them slowing Arizona down. I mean, no. you know, you got to go play these games, but they're not good defensively and they constantly break down, uh, you know? And so I, I think that they're, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long haul. I, I, I hope Geno Smith can play like he did the fourth quarter. I, I'm not sure that he can get the ball to DK and Tyler Lockett with some of the right. incredible throws that we've seen Russell make to both those players and to rescue plays at the rate that he does and still does. Um, you know, the escapes of Aaron Donald or whatever, like those Houdini acts, Geno Smith doesn't have that ability. Mm -mm. And I just feel like if you play in Seattle – you know, that's all we've seen for 10 years. Right. Like, and nobody, nobody can escape like Russell Wilson the way that he has and then make unbelievable plays. And so Gino knows that he can't do that. He's a pure pocket guy, and they're just not that good up front to do that. Baldy, I don't even know where to start with the defense because they can't cover and they can't really get pressure. Like, that's a that's a bad combination. And Jamal Adams looks like a positionless player to me. Like, I mean, just blitz him all the time, right? Just put him in the box and blitz him because even mediocre tight ends are eating his lunch. Well, I mean, you could say that. And that's probably, you know, that's what you used to always do, Jason, with guys that couldn't cover very well. And you saw, you saw the tight end beat him to the corner. 
you know, by the Rams. I mean, you know, he, he got beat. You know, I mean, that's not his game. I mean, he doesn't have interceptions. He doesn't have passes defense. I mean, he's been in this league for a long time now. And, you know, it's just it. the numbers don't show up to say that, you know. So if you say, okay, just blitz him. Well, what, what are you doing with Jordan Brooks? You know, like, are you just going to play three linebackers? Because Bobby Wagner is, is your quarterback. Yeah. So you're basically – and they did that for a while last year. They played three – basically three linebackers. But what are you going to do when the Rams spread you out? with Deshaun Jackson and Cooper Cup and, you know, all the stuff that they just saw, like, you know, or what Arizona can do to you. Like at some point, not just Jamal, but Quandre Diggs, I mean, Jordan Brooks, they all have to cover it. Some can't hide them all. You can't hide them all. And so you can blitz them. Okay. And you can, you you can get home every once in a while, but is that going to be enough to offset what you give up, you know, by just being hung out there, you know, in the back end with, you know, uh, I just think that it's going to be a, like they, they're, they're going to get exposed here and that you're just going to find out. And we, you always, my definition, part of my definition of a franchise quarterback, a true franchise quarterback is he makes everybody better. And the only way you really truly know how good they are is when you take them out of the, out of the lineup and you see just third downs don't get converted. You don't sustain offense. You don't get the big play. Like he, he covers everything up. It's pretty bleak in Seattle. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. Um, another team that look, I thought that they would be the poster boys for regression in the AFC. Um, but, but the, 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 the haste with which it's happened has surprised me even a little bit. Miami Baldy, I'm old enough to remember when last year people were trying to tell me Miami's going to be, you know, one of the, the rising defenses in this league and Brian Flores might be building a monster. I don't know, Baldy. Um, you, you you funnel that many key players in and out every year. You funnel that many coaches in and out every year. You run out there with two offensive coordinators and, and spend waste a lot of time trying to hide which one's calling the plays. You know, you play yo-yo with Tua last year. Tua gets hurt, and you're kind of like, let's see what Brissett can do. Brissett can't do anything. Now you're hoping Tua can come back and, and save your season. The offensive line is garbage. They they doubled down on get hurt, stay hurt receivers. They're getting hurt and staying hurt. Well, but, but Jay, it's like, rough. That's the, the, we knew the offense was going to be questionable. But what we had faith in was they had a blueprint for a good defense. And what Tampa did to that defense, Jason, you like, okay, me. they pay Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. You probably have the numbers, Jason. That might be the highest tandem yes. paid corners in the league. I mean, they – they just paid Xavier and they paid Byron Jones to come from Dallas to play yep. tight man coverage. Man, Mike Evans and Antonio Brown ran by those guys all afternoon. Mike Evans destroyed Byron Jones. Yes. I mean, not just destroyed him. I mean, Byron Jones wasn't near, he wasn't in the area code the way Mike Evans separated from him. And it was almost like we're going after him. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You could just see, like, Mike Evans is like, I'm going to beat this dude, man. Like, I, I got this. Like, just feed me. And, he, like, he had his best game of the year. They they were, they looked absolutely helpless. And there was, day, there was times, not all the time, Jason, there were times when Tom Brady literally was a statue back there yeah. just waiting for a guy One to get One Mississippi, open. two Mississippi, it, three it, Mississippi. Might as well. Four Mississippi. My, yeah, yeah, all of three Mississippi for sure. I mean, with – because. He, like he'll keep his cleats in the ground as long as he has to. And it was just like, they, they couldn't get to him and then they couldn't cover on the back end. And that's, 
kind of what this thing was built on. Brian Flores, Patriots, Patriot way, mm-hmm. defense, press, press man coverage. We're going to take that blueprint. We'll take it to South Florida. We'll do it better with mm-hmm. better players. Well, Tom Brady, I mean, I, I said this morning, they could have scored 60. They put up 45, and it could have been 60 easily. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's that team, you know, you know that, that fan base will fall off. <laughs> They'll go to the beach real quick. Oh, yeah. They go out and, and sit in that blazing hot sun. Well, that's why if this continues, I mean, look, I'm not saying they're going to lose 41-17 every week, but I, I – uh, I don't think I don't think this is going to be nearly the season they thought it was going to be. You you just have to wonder about Stephen Ross there, right? And that's an owner who's been trying to add star power. That's a, that's a glitzy you know town, South Beach. He brought yeah. in all those you know all those minority owners, Fergie and J Lo, right? And you get a piece, and you get a piece. Just please sit in the luxury suites and make this look like it's a hot ticket. I I, I just have to wonder how patient he's going to be. With this thing, Baldy, they 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 blew their wild. All the picks are gone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the repo, yeah. they've used them all, and and most well, of them ain't contributing. Like there's no, no there I mean, there. I mean, that's the thing. You can you can get all the chips you want. You know, I mean, there's there. I don't know, second, third, fourth round pick. You know, uh, you know, Eichenberg playing left tackle right now. They got Austin Jackson at guard. Uh, Tunsil's still as good as there is in his business. He's gone. Jalen Waddle. Was going to be that, you know, that shine. He was going to be their Jamar Chase. Right. But he had two catches against the Bucks. He had two catches for a couple yards. Like he's not making a difference down there, you know. And so you could just go through every single pick that they've, you know, that they had, and see what they did with it. Meanwhile, the guy they passed on, Justin Herbert, is yep. literally the, the biggest. Well, him and Josh Allen are the, the biggest pieces of fresh air. In this whole industry right now, yeah, like you can't watch enough of those guys, and not that you know people or you know anybody can go back and do revisionist history on this thing, but when you get that pick wrong, however you do it, and they got it wrong, yeah, like you're you're right back in that need to get that guy. Oh. We know that there's they don't come out every year, nope. and there's only you know ten of them, maybe in the whole business. And if you don't have one, it's 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 hard. It it it, it makes it really hard to build. Yeah, they are uh, they're in trouble there. Um, our, our final have not team, and I saved them for last, Baldy, because they've earned a special little place in my heart, and I didn't think they were going to. And I'll be honest, the whole biting kneecaps thing at the start, I was kind of like, what are they doing here with Dan Campbell? But they, they've just had horrible luck. I mean, they they almost came back to beat the 49ers when that looked like it was over. They're down big to the Ravens at the half, a couple of scores. They should have won that game. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect, but they fight their tails off last week. It looks like they've got the Vikings dead to rights. You could say they find a way to lose, but I'll say they find a way to fight. And given the talent imbalance, given the way game flow has worked against them and and talent uh, has worked against them, I, I feel like there's a little something there and eventually they're going to win a game. And I don't know if they're going to make all the personnel decisions they're going to have to make to get that roster to be where it has to go. But I, I just say hats off to what, what they're showing Dan Campbell so far. Well, there's not a lot to work with. No. I mean, it's, you know, it, you we're talking about, I mean, in some ways, and this can happen with the new coaching staff in some ways, it looks like, 
a, a startup roster. You know, it looks like a new franchise. Not, not that, you know, Honolulu Blue hasn't been around forever, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at the roster, it looks like, you know, they, it, it, it's, you know, it was the Carolina Panthers of 1995. You know, like, they got an okay quarterback and, you know, they got a couple of draft picks and, and all the kind of stuff. I mean, that there was 33 seconds left in that game. They got that game won. 33 seconds. It used to be a two minute drill. It's a 30 second drill now. Yeah. Yeah. When you watch Derek Carr beat the Ravens, when you watch Aaron Rodgers beat the 49ers, when you see Kirk Cousins do what he did, throwing the balls to Adam Thielen, it's a 30 second drill to go kick these field goals down or, or score touchdowns and win. I mean, that game was, they had a great fourth quarter, except for 30 seconds of that fourth quarter. And yes, it could have been an easy another win. And, you know, Dan Campbell's dropping, you know, tears and all that stuff after the game. But I, I mean, they do fight. And, you know, if you're a head coach, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if they're winning games, they're winning it on guts right now and not talent. And that team definitely has guts. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Still a long way for the Lions to go, though, to to get to the other side of their perpetual rebuild. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Baldy. Let's get to the halves. Let's start with Green Bay. Week one, motto own. Feels like a long time ago to me, Baldy, especially for this group with how they've played since and how they've overcome some key injuries and it seems to all be humming right now. They're amazing to watch. They're just amazing to watch. You know, their starting center, Josh Myers, was out, and they put Lucas Patrick in, who hasn't started since week one this year. He goes in at center. You know, we, we've talked about, you know, whether it's, you know, Royce Freeman or, you know, whether it's John Runyon or Yash Nyman. I mean, all these young guys. It doesn't make it. Aaron Jones is ripping off 55-yard runs uh, the other day against a good Cincinnati defense. Aaron Rodgers, to, you know, I guess when you're in the league, as long as Aaron Rodgers is, you're as smart as he is, Jason. Like, you just see plays and designs that you wonder, like, where did this come from? Right. And, and when did they work on this? Because there's only so many hours in a week where you can install new things. But I'm watching a play the other day, and it was just so, you know, it was just so Aaron Rodgers. Like, he, in fact, it was unbelievable. So, he's got Devontae Adams split out way wide. He could throw to him almost any single play. And then he's got, like, like I want to say it's Alan Lazard, but I, I, no, it was, uh, in fact, hold on a second, Jason. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you exactly who it was. It was... Uh, what receiver was that? It was Equinamia St. Brown. Uh, it, let's just say it was, you know, one of the lesser, you know, not lesser guys, one of the different guys, right? Yeah. So uh, he's supposed to run, you know, it's a look where Aaron Rodgers goes, this is a hot read. I'm I'm skipping a play. I'm throwing it to you. And he does, and I think it was Lazard. He doesn't look around for the ball. And Aaron Rodgers, rather than, you know, scramble and save the play, he just dumps the ball into like he just goes in disgust, dumps the ball into the ground, and then just does like one of these screaming matches at him about this is you know you got to know this this is your job this is what and everybody in the field just stopped to listen you know mm-hmm. like he gave it to him right there yeah you know and and it was like like you can't pay a coach enough 
to like do that to somebody where, yo, lock in, pay attention. Like this is how we operate here. Right. But the standard is just so high. And so you just see this level of execution offensively. That's just amazing to me. Just amazing. And so it was a great game. 22, 22. They had, I don't know, 10 chances to kick field goals. Uh, Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, so throughout the fourth quarter, overtime, you know, how many chances, but the, the team have won four in a row right now. They're just going to be another year where I can see them winning 13 or 14 games for sure. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I am completely with you. Uh, you mentioned Justin Herbert earlier in the show. Let's go to LA. Uh, they lost that game to, um, Cleveland. Dallas or the chart. Yeah, to Cleveland. I mean, they beat. Oh, they lost it. Yeah, they, they lost, lost to the Dallas. Cowboys. Right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. They lost yeah. to Dallas, and now they've gone on yeah. this four. They should. Win. They should have won that game. They were the better yeah. team. Weird penalties, Chargers, charging, all that stuff. Um, Justin Herbert. I, I, if he's got a flaw, Baldy, you, you tell me what it is. No. Uh, that receiving core is 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 next level. Austin Eckler is a weapon that they understand how to use and utilize. Uh, defense, I think, you know, maybe still a little bit of a work in progress. And it seems like every game Bosa's limping around or something. But uh, this may be the best team in the AFC West, correct? Well, yes, they are. You know, it's it's kind of, you know, we, we I'm sure it's being talked about everywhere. I'm, I'm not really plugged in. But, you know, they've, they've gone in this three-game win streak that they've just put together starting in Kansas City. You know, they, they um, they've gone – for nine fourth down attempts, nine. Now, two of them got converted because of penalty, but they've converted seven. Now, they had a third and two, a fourth and two in the third quarter last week, Jason. Fourth and two from their 24-yard line. You remember when Belichick did that against the Colts and, and didn't make it and just got grilled? Yeah. Like, they it was they were down 27-13, so they're down two scores. But it's fourth and two at their 24 and it's not like they put it in Justin Herbert's hands and said, okay, Keenan Allen, we like this matchup. They gave it to Austin Eckler on a trap play, and he picked up seven yards. You know, they converted two fourth down attempts on that drive to cut the lead to a one score. Like, you have to defend that team. And I said that, you know, for this week's game, like, you have to defend them for four downs. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not a third down defense. No. You have to have a fourth down defense. Like, I've never really seen this before like this the way it's going right now, you know, it's, it's, it's like, so then the quarterback, like who thought you, you needed seven touchdowns to win this game. Right. And like they get some of the easiest touchdowns with Michael Williams. I mean, it's just running through open freeways against Cleveland, but they have everything at disposal. They got a six, eight tight end. They got a six, five tight end. They got a running back that could do it all. Um, they've got uh, a pro bowl left tackle. Has that has made a total of five starts that basically did shut out Miles Garrett, but he did a great job against yeah. Miles Garrett. Um, you know, they've rebuilt the offensive line. Michael Williams and Keenan Allen are as good as there is in this business. Um, and then, you know, when when your left tackle does get beat by Miles Garrett, this guy's ability just to avoid pressure and just mm-hmm. know where the opening is while his eyes are down the field, like nobody – could have predicted he could be this good, no, this no, young. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I'm completely with you. They come to Baltimore to face the Ravens. Uh, you mentioned the the propensity to go for it on fourth down from Brandon Staley. John Harbaugh believes in that as well. Uh, Two-point conversions, all that stuff. Baldy, we might not see a punt in Baltimore on Sunday because uh, the defenses could be under the gun as well. You did an awesome breakdown on Twitter on, on Lamar Jackson. It's next-level stuff from this kid now, manipulating the pocket, climbing the ladder, finding second and third reads, using his eyes. It's it's master class, is it not? It, it it really is. You know they they needed games like sun like Sunday. You know they they needed uh, or whenever that was Monday. They they needed to, a comeback win like that because it, it forces Lamar <clears throat> to really throw it. And let's face it, they're not a good running team right now. I mean, they're no. running backs, whichever combination you want to put in there right now. Twenty six for eighty two yards, Aldi. Yeah. They're, they're, they're 34 for 96, 34 runs against Denver and against the Colts for 96 yards. I mean, that's yep. not what they were doing, you know, uh-huh. a year ago, two years ago. So they, they are gradually kind of joining the NFL here yes. in their approach. They need Lamar to be great at throwing the football this year. And so to watch him stay in there, you know, people just want to have um, reckless and unfounded beliefs about players. And if you're not really watching Lamar and to see the development of Lamar, you're not watching. I mean, the guy is going through progressions as well as anybody in that game against the Colts. Now the protection held up, but still he's always had that urge just to take off and run. If things weren't there initially, and he, he doesn't have that urge right now. And then when you have to throw it the way he had to throw it, you missed six passes the whole night and you have four touchdowns, you know, to go yeah. with that. Like he's putting the ball in unbelievable places. Like his accuracy is uncanny yeah. right now. It, the way that he's hitting moving targets and it was okay. He could do that to Mark Andrews, but he did it to, to Hollywood Brown, he, you know, uh, Devin Duvernay, like you name it, like he hit all the receivers. And so, uh, it was really an impressive performance, but I think going forward, if if you want to go forward to January and the Ravens mm-hmm. in the postseason, I feel like they're much better equipped this year to really make some noise in the postseason than they have over the last three years. Well, you could look at Lamar's jump last year to this year, and I don't know about you, Baldy, but it reminds me a little bit of the jump that Josh Allen made uh, from 2019 to 2020, and they had a little bit of a slow start the first couple of weeks. And what do you know? Now they're humming along, and he looks like an MVP again. Well, you know, he went into Kansas City, and, you know, I had people tell me, well, you know, Josh Allen is the, is the little brother of, of Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, all right, well, you know, let, let this – let they're playing at a really good level. Let's just see what happens. Well, I mean, he completely outplayed Patrick, and he's not making any mistakes right now. And, you know, this Dawson Knox is just emerging – into a real weapon for him. He can match him up. He can find him when he's scrambling. But, you know, his ability to make these plays off script are just are crazy. I mean, he's such a gifted runner that you, you like that opening touchdown of the game that he, he basically ran the ball down the field in the opening yeah. drive of the game. But like the opening touchdown from nine yards, I mean, he's just running right through people, you know. Uh, and then 
Kansas City's bouncing off him and he's dancing in the end zone. Uh, you know, they, 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 their draft pick, their draft picks have been unbelievable. I and mean, Rousseau yeah, is yeah. a legit, like they drafted Rousseau and Basham to really have an answer to Patrick Mahomes. And yes. they did. They chased him and harassed him a little bit. Um, I'm not going to say they forced him into a terrible game themselves, but they contributed. Spencer Brown, their third round pick, um, is starting at the right tackle. He kind of gives them an attitude. On that offense line, they took Daryl Williams, put him at right guard. They look better up front right now. They run the ball, you know, really, really well with their two backs. So they look like, you know, and they they just they're built in some ways like a team that was pre uh, salary cap because it's, yeah. it's you know yeah. you, when you look at you know Tre'Davious White and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and like these guys have been there now for four years. You know, and they and they literally, I mean, knock on wood, they they literally line up and play every game. Like they, they those none of yeah. those guys miss game. Taron Johnson, right, right. like, is probably as good a nickel back as there is. Like, they get continuity um, because they're there every week. Well, Baldy, speak of being there every week, we know you will be at a game uh, every week. What do you, what's on your agenda for uh, for this Sunday? I'm going to uh, Washington this week. Uh, to see if they can rescue their season against oh, you know boy. a team in Kansas City that's limping. Mm-hmm. Both teams desperately need a win. So we'll see if this Washington defense can make any kind of a statement. Um, they haven't so far this year in any game. And so let's just see if this defense that was as ballyhooed, and some of it yes, by me, yeah. as me anybody too. in this league, see if they can make some kind of difference this week. Yeah, that will be interesting. We hope we've made a difference in your week and and you have enjoyed listening to us talk ball as much as we enjoy talking ball. We do this every week here, courtesy of Odyssey. Please check us out on Twitter at Jason Lock and Fora, at Baldy NFL, wherever you get your podcast goodness, uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Please rate, review, give us feedback. We always appreciate it. And uh, we can't wait to do this again next week when we reflect a little bit on week six and look ahead to week seven. Thanks as always for listening to Baldy's breakdowns.